0: My almost seven year old, seven in two days year old, is really interested in mummies right now. She's been checking out books at the school library and her, her, the most interesting one right now that she feels like is King Tut, uh, the famous teenage pharaoh. She's been talking about it a lot and the other day she said, hey mom, did you know how King Tut died? And I was like, no, Mimi, how did he die? He died from amnesia. I think that what she meant to say is that some scientists believe he died from complications of malaria. Kind of rhymes. But she did say amnesia, which really stuck in my brain. Amnesia, as most of you know, a state of short-term or long-term forgetfulness, is not normally perceived as fatal. But as I read the scriptures this week, I felt like I saw ways. That amnesia can be deadly to our faith. In these last decades, much has been made of the declining numbers in the church, right? Large, powerful churches have dwindled. Less folk are identifying as Christian. There's been a loss of financial strength in Christian institutions. There's sort of this sort of doomsday, like Christianity is, is dwindling in the world. We're really fortunate here at Burlington Lutheran Church. We seem to be an exception to the rule. Um, although this church has experienced decline in its history, in the last five years we've experienced steady growth in attendance, outreach, and giving. We're fortunate, we're grateful to be in the flow of God's Spirit. But by and large, in the United States, the church has been experiencing a downturn. A what looks like a slow death, a death, I believe, is brought on by amnesia. When Christians forget what our true calling and life's purpose is and trade it for comfort and platitudes and safe rules, we experience the consequences. Faith is killed by forgetfulness. From our text this morning, we see that ours is not the first generation to experience this plight of spiritual amnesia. Our Isaiah text speaks to a people who were finally back in the promised land. They were finally back where they had yearned to be for generations, and they were building again, and they were super annoyed that God did not seem to be doing what they thought God should be doing. Sound familiar? <laughs> they had forgotten... That God was present to them not in their piety or rightness or blessing or favorable circumstances, but in action, love, and service. They wanted God to magically benefit them, line their pockets, and insulate them from pain and discord. And they fasted and practiced acts of piety towards this end, but at the very same time, they were enslaving people. At the very same time, they were arguing with their neighbors. At the very same time, they were hoarding their resources and not giving to those in need. Come on, God, we're fasting! Look at us! We're doing exactly what we were supposed to do. And yet, their pleas were answered with silence the prophet responded to the people's frustration like this. Do you honestly think that you can make a scene and get what you want while you're oppressing others? While you're refusing to do the work that God has given you to do? God does not respond to tantrums, no matter how pious you make them seem. Have you forgotten where God is? Just going through the motions does not make you holy and in the center of God's will. Jumping through the right hoops and saying the right things has no bearing on the intersection of you and the Spirit. You want to see God at work? You want to feel God's presence in your life? You want to pursue holiness? Then feed the hungry. Clothe the naked. Stop arguing with your neighbor. Dismantle evil, set people free, then you will encounter God. Similarly, Paul, in our epistle, wrote about the difference between inspired uh, action and piety. He urged his audience to discard their penchant for striving for important importance and fame and notoriety. And instead put their heads down to pursue the cruciform way of life, embracing the way of Christ in service, humility, and the dismantling of evil. And in our gospel, Jesus spoke of salt losing its saltiness, of the light of the world and how it should not be hidden. Jesus speaking to us, you have one job. This light has been embedded in you. It's in you. You're salty, not the nasty kind of salty, the good kind of salty. You're created and given grace and embraced by God's love not to just sit and wonder where your blessings are, not to allow the goodness and grace that God has lavished on you to go to waste. You were meant to play an integral role in the healing of everything. SHINE! You are meant to provide vital love, grace, service, hope, and joy in the world. SHINE! My siblings in Christ, we get amnesia when we stop focusing on the abundance that God has given to us and start obsessing about what we wish we had. When we live in a way that just furthers our own interest, ignores the pain, ignores the injustice around us. When we live as though we believe we matter more than our neighbors in need. And amnesia kills our faith because it makes us forget what God has saved us from. Hopelessness, meaninglessness, selfishness, complacency, sin, entitlement. But more importantly, amnesia makes us forget what god has called us for to loosen the bonds of injustice to let the oppressed go free to share what we have been given with those in need to clothe the naked to live in forgiveness and mercy to spread our love to work for equality joy peace and healing and to take care of creation and when we do these things When we remember what we were made for, what God has filled us with God's grace for, what God has set us as a light to the world for, what God has given us to be salt to the earth for, we encounter God. It's not that God's plain favorites are standing in judgment. It's simply that God cannot be found in our self-serving acts. God is not found in churches or organizations or families or anything else that simply turn in on themselves. God doesn't hate them. God loves everyone and grace abounds. God's just not working there. And we cannot get in the flow of the Spirit where the Spirit is not flowing. God has not called us to sit in church or anywhere else forgetting what the good news means. God has called us to be the church, to embody the good news, to shine the light of God's love and grace, to be God's hands and feet in action. We are not meant to preserve the institution, but to promote the reign of God. This is how we avoid amnesia and the fate of old King Tut, and embrace our destiny in God. My siblings in Christ, if we want to encounter God we must dismantle evil. If we want to meet God, we must choose to walk in the ways of God and with those God is ministering to. This is our collective call story, a call to live a life of trust in God and God's promises. God will provide for us Did you know that this morning? We don't have to spend time worrying about ourselves, right? Sometimes my husband, I'll say, ooh, that stresses me out. That makes me worried, and my husband will remind me, oh, yes, you do need something to be stressed about, don't you? (laughs) If anyone's like me, and you just kind of like to have something to be stressed about all the time, you know you don't have to. Because you know God loves you more than you can imagine, right? More than you can fathom. You know that God cares more about your future than you do? You know that, right? That frees us up to be the light of the world. That knowledge. Resting in that. And when we can stop worrying about our own futures, we can use these hands and these feet and these minds and these gifts that God has given us, not for ourselves, but to promote the good news the reign of God, the dismantling of evil. Do not forget, beloved, this is who you are. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together.